Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, the show that helps to change the way you lead. Most of us first heard of leprosy from Bible stories, but leprosy is a condition that affects hundreds of thousands of people today, particularly those who are poor and marginalised. Thankfully, the charity, the Leprosy Mission of England and Wales, is at work seeking to serve those affected. And I'm joined this week by its National Director, Peter Walker, to talk about the ongoing challenges and what it's like to lead the charity. So welcome, Peter, to the Leadership File. Good. Well, thank you. And it's my pleasure to be with you. Splendid stuff. Uh, Your journey to be Leprosy Missions Director without going back to your school days, but uh, your just brief career thus far? (laughs) Sure. Okay. Well, um, I've been in the Christian leadership sector, uh, mission sector since 1992. Prior to that, I was 10 years at the Stock Exchange and um, was part of the Stock Exchange in the city when we went through the single Big Bang in the mid-80s. Oh, well, yes. Uh, and uh, was very, very senior at the Stock Exchange. Um, but the Lord has his way of taking people on different journeys. And he brought me out of the Stock Exchange uh, in 1992 uh, into prison work through Prison Fellowship um, which was a dramatic change uh, I can imagine, yes. uh, for me. Um, the Lord brought that uh, opportunity to me through a friend whose father uh, was going to retire as the director of prison fellowship. And David, my friend, came to me uh, one evening and said, my father's going to retire from prison fellowship and I think that God might be calling you to take it on. And I thought that David had gone completely mad um, because I was doing very well at the stock exchange with all the material benefits of uh, of being senior. Um, but my wife, who's very discerning, uh, said, no, I think that God might be speaking to us about this. So we prayed about it, and after a short journey of, of investigation, uh, decided to apply, and the Board of Trustees appointed me. So that was my transition into Christian leadership from sex, secular leadership. Uh, I was then in the prison friendship for 15 years as um, the uh, director for prison friendship in England and Wales, uh, then moved to prison friendship international, for five years, uh, two years working from home into Eastern Europe to help develop prison ministry there, and then the last three years uh, in Washington, D.C. And then in December 2010, three people on one day uh, brought my attention to the vacancy of the National Director for the Leprosy Mission, uh, which had been vacated, sadly, because my predecessor died in post, which was very, very sad for the mission. And God has got my attention by three people completely independently of one another bringing my attention to this vacancy. And I thought, well, that's not, a, not you know, too much of a coincidence. So I again uh, reluctantly applied. I was enjoying prison ministry, enjoying living in Washington, D.C. But God had other plans and uh, the board uh, offered me the position. And so we came back from the U.S. 
in February 2011. I took up post here in March. Well, so you were, you were enjoying two roles, uh, which God called you out of, you know, the That's stock right, exchange yes. into... Which is, and, yeah, it was bizarre because, you know, I, was, we, I quite anticipated that we'd spend at least another three years in the States. I'd been in prison ministry for 20 years at that point. And you think, well, if you're, if you're in, in a, a career and a ministry for that long, then that's where God wants you to be. But suddenly to be drawn out from 20 years in prison ministry into a, an area that I knew nothing about. I mean, I'd, I'd, I didn't even know that leprosy still existed, quite right. frankly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't know anything about medical mission or how, how the leprosy mission operated. But in the same way that when God called me out of the stock exchange, what he was wanting me to do was to apply my understanding and learning and skills that he'd given me and the opportunities and experiences he'd given me at the stock exchange to bring those to bear in a leadership of a Christian mission setting. So he wanted me to understand how we developed uh, leaders around the world in prison ministry to do something similar with leprosy mission. So it just goes to show you're not, you don't always know what you have that God might want to use. Because no, you don't, you didn't right. know the situation into which you were coming, but exactly. um, but when the Lord, you know, when you follow the Lord, then then all, all is well, of course. Absolutely. So I mean, I suggested in the introduction, uh, you know, most of us recall learning about leprosy as the disease that Jesus healed, you know, and uh, yes. Um, but your website tells us that, and I, I did read, there's two hundred and ten thousand seven hundred fifty-eight new cases of leprosy diagnosed globally in two thousand and fifteen. So right. around That's one right. every two minutes. So it's yeah. it's clearly very much a, a challenge. What form does the disease take today? Well, it's still, it's very much, uh, it's a disease, it's a bacterial disease, which affects the nervous system. So the first indications of leprosy is a, a typically a lighter patch on the skin, which has no feeling. So you can sort of, it's quite easy to diagnose um, when you see that patch. But if it's not diagnosed, uh, and then what happens is that the bacteria affects the nervous, uh, the, the nerves to the extremities. So you get a loss of feeling in your hands and feet, um, which cause when you cause damage to your hands or feet, you don't feel it. So they become ulcerated. Uh, you lose the sensation in your hands, you lose the ability to use your hands, so people can't work. It, you become disfigured. Uh, so all the stigma around that uh, that comes along with that as well. Um, but the tragedy is that it is so easy to treat and we are able to cure the disease very easily once, we, once it's been diagnosed. Even the drug company, Novartis, give us the drugs for free. We don't have to buy the drugs to actually cure the disease, uh, but we do have to pay for the health workers to administer the drugs, etc. So the tragedy with this disease is that it still carries exactly the same stigma that uh, the people affected by leprosy that we read about in Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, but we are, we, and, and the issue now is that we sort of plateaued at about 200,000 new, case, 200, new cases every year. It was over a million new cases 20 years ago. We've got it down, but that last push to actually eradicate this disease is proving to be a real challenge for us. And how, how old is the charity? Uh, we are. We were formed back in the 1870s, so we're wow. 140 years old. Gracious. There was a Christian mission uh, missionary and his wife went to India from what is now the Republic of Ireland, um, and uh, they saw that there was this huge leprosy um, uh, problem in India, 
and they set up what was then known as the Mission to Lepers, um, and that's that's the root of the mission. And we we still hold very true to our our Christian values and our Christian ethos. And and so the aim is to obviously eventually eradicate, but also to obviously to treat as many as you can um, of, yeah. of the condition. Yeah, that's right. So our, we have probably three three main um, areas of work. It's to diagnose and treat as early as we can and cure because that's possible uh, for those people that have late diagnosis um, we then support them and through reconstructive surgery if that's possible as well and then the third area is, is what we call livelihoods helping people to uh, get skills and be reintegrated back into their communities and to the workplace so describe the, the leadership challenge you've, you've faced since arriving in 2011. You mentioned that your predecessor had passed away, so there was, a, I guess, a, a degree of grief within the, the charity. But what were the leadership challenges you faced, Peter? Yeah, I think the principal uh, leadership challenge I faced was that the building that we operated um, was, I would describe it as making a really good doctor's surgery. There was lots of individual offices with lots of corridors, um, and we have a, an office team of around about 25 people at our, our office in Peterborough. But there wasn't a great deal of interaction amongst the teams. Uh, everyone was working really hard, but there wasn't a clear, a clear strategy of what we were doing. And there certainly wasn't a clear uh, prophetic vision for the mission. So when I walked through the front door, I had two prayers. Uh, my first prayer was, Lord, why have you brought me here? <laughs> I was in prison ministry for 20 years. Why have you brought me here? And the second prayer was, Lord, who have you given me to work with? And so I needed to spend some time understanding what God was doing. And my first question uh, to the team on my very first staff meeting was, what is God saying to us now? What is God saying to this mission in 2011 as it was then as opposed to 1874 when it was formed and there wasn't much of an answer so I said well what we need to do then is we need to spend some time just listening and seeking God's purpose for us now we know the general purpose we know that what we're doing is you know we're out to serve people affected by leprosy and their communities we understand that but we actually need to get a much clearer vision for the, the way that we operate and we then spent a year I, I said to the board that um, let's not be hasty in setting up a strategic plan uh, I could easily write a strategic plan that's not a problem but I said actually you know what we need to do is we really do need to get what God is saying to us and so we spent a year as a staff team uh, often in prayer times together just saying, well, what is it, God, you're saying to us? And at one prayer time, this was about a year into the process, so we're now into the beginning of 2012, uh, we had all the staff together, we broke the staff up into uh, groups of five to pray, and in one group, at the end of that prayer time, after praying for about 45 minutes, uh, one, of the, one of the groups had this, said, well, we've got this picture of a well. Right? And another group said, well, that's interesting, because... Uh, we were drawn to look at Genesis 26, which is where Isaac unblocked the wells that his father Abraham had dug. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and I, that's a sure sign that the Holy Spirit was there. And I said, that's it. God wants to say something to us from that particular passage and that imagery. 
And so we then spent some more time praying about, well, what are the wells that have got blocked up that we need to unblock? What are the new wells that we need to dig? And what are the old wells that we're trying to draw from that are have dried up and we need to abandon? And that's been our prophetic vision for the last five years. And what we've done is for every activity that comes along, we say, how does that fit with that imagery? And we've just seen God bless us amazingly with unblocking wells and digging new wells, but we've also been courageous to abandon things which were no longer functioning or working. Wow, that sounds wonderful, Peter. Well, you've been listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Peter Walker. He's the National Director of the Leprosy Mission of England and Wales. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Peter Walker. Peter's the National Director of the Leprosy Mission of England and Wales. We're talking before the break of how there's several hundred thousand new cases of leprosy diagnosed globally each year. Uh, that number's come down some, somewhat uh, over the last decades. Uh, and Peter was just sharing about how God clearly uh, led him and the, the team there uh, towards an, a new project when he arrived in 2011 of, of unblocking the wells, as it were, and uh, building new ones. And that that's been something of a prophetic mission, uh, um, vision for the last uh, five years as they've been involved. So, so um, the, the high points of your time, uh, Peter? I think that's, I mean, because we are what we call a resource-raising country, there is no leprosy in Europe anymore. You know, leprosy yeah. um, has disappeared from, from Europe not because we had an anti-leprosy campaign, but the human body, our God has created our bodies and our immune system to be able to resist the bacteria of leprosy if we have good water, good, good sanitation, and good nutrition. And so people sometimes say to me, oh, aren't you concerned about going out and meeting with people affected by leprosy and staying in the leprosy colonies abroad? And I say, no, because you know, my body's immune system is strong enough to resist the bacteria. So there is no leprosy in Europe because just those things have increased. You know, we've, we've, we've got good water supply, we've got good sanitation, uh, mainly thanks to the Victorians, and our nutrition is good. But where leprosy still exists, is it's a disease of poverty. So uh, one of the challenges that, uh, that we've had is then how do we raise money to support where leprosy still exists? And so we are a resource-raising country um, in England and Wales. And one of the significant high points to me is that when I joined, we were sending about £3.4 million overseas to um, projects. And because of our prayerful um, application of the Wells prophecy, uh, by unblocking wells, digging to new ones and abandoning some, We've seen that raised from 3.4 million to 5.5 million in four years. Well, that's wonderful. Um, which it? has just been mm. the blessing of God, and we're so grateful for that. So that's a real high point for me. Not just the money itself, but the way that the team has operated now, the way that we've changed the culture of the organization. Uh, God has brought in some just great people into the office who are committed and passionate and wanting to see the, you know, the mission grow. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, and, of course, we at Premier partnered with you on the Feet First campaign last year, which was recently shortlisted for the fundraising campaign of the year, a campaign our listeners got behind. What, what impact has that campaign had on people in Mozambique in the last year? And what have right. you learned as an organisation through that experience? Yeah, I, I just want to say to, um, to listeners of Premier how much we really appreciated that partnership and 
many of the listeners would have contributed to that UK aid match um, campaign. Uh, it was designed to really take the Mozambique work up a whole level. And we set a goal of ourselves of raising £400,000, which um, don't, so that's £400,000 donors, donations from uh, people like the listeners of Premier Radio. Um, and then the UK government would match that to make it 800,000. We actually raised 1.2 million, uh, which meant that the, the UK government matched that 1.2 million. So an 800,000 pound campaign became 2.4 million campaign, three times wow. larger than we anticipated. And what's that done is that has completely and utterly transformed the work in Mozambique. There are communities in the north of Mozambique in a place called Capo Delgado, which are now receiving uh, great treatment, community-based rehabilitation work. We've been able to set up whole new livelihood activities, as well as providing individual support, particularly footwear. That was the whole thing about the Feet First campaign, is that people who lose sensation uh, because of the disease in their feet, I mentioned about the hands earlier, but also in their feet, if they tread on a sharp stone, they don't feel it, and then they get ulcerated feet that, if it's not treated, uh, can easily become gangrenous, and then actually need amputation. So, by providing uh, simple sandals uh, that they can wear, uh, they can actually protect their feet from damage. And the whole Feet First campaign has significantly Im impacted that. We've been able to provide thousands of pairs of sandals for individual wearers. Um, in Mozambique. So, Peter, you've, you're actually coming to your end of your time as, as national director. Um, I understand you've you know, announced that you're, you're, you're moving on. Uh, what have you learned in your time looking back, uh, if you're looking back at those five years that you've, you've spent as national director? I think that uh, the, the thing which has been reinforced in, with me, uh, something which I learned at the Stock Exchange back in the 1980s, uh, but has really been reinforced again during my, my tenure as the national director here, is that it's all about people. Leadership is all about people. Um, I've been taking some of my team uh, here. I took the senior managers through, um, through a program, and now we've taken it down to the second-tier leaders and now to the junior staff, based on John Maxwell's book, The 360-Degree Leader, oh, yeah. where his um, proposition is that you can lead from anywhere in the organization that leadership is all about influence. And what we've done here is we've deliberately uh, wanted to empower the people, uh, the individual staff. So we give people responsibility, but lots of authority to carry out that responsibility. And what I, my delight has just been as the national director to recruit, um, induct, develop people, then step back and just watch them grow. And I, I just, I, I can sort of imagine that happening with Jesus and the disciples, you know, that initially he's a bit concerned about them going out and doing things, but actually the only way really to get people to grow, uh, to get organizations to grow, is to get people to grow in those organizations. And that's been a particular thrill to me to, to relearn that, if you like, and then see that worked out. Well, that sounds ter terrific, Peter. And um, in terms of your, your time um, over the, over the um, you know those years and an allocation of that time, and particularly with with the overseas travel, how, how have you decided um, what to allocate your time to? 
Okay, much of my time um, has been uh, spent in the office um, supporting uh, new initiatives, um, helping the creative uh, the creative juices to flow. Um, I'm a great believer in uh, making sure that the board, the governance board of the mission, are well informed about what we're doing and that they have a rightful um, uh, responsibility and I'm accountable to that board so I uh, meet frequently with the chairman of the board. Um, so a lot of my time is taken up in, in just I guess what would loosely be known as sort of administrative work but I do also uh, carry a, an advocacy responsibility so I go out and speak a lot on behalf of the mission uh, engage a lot with other chief execs. I, I, I take time out to engage with uh, Christian leaders of other missions to hear what God is, is saying to them and learning from them. And then I do travel overseas, not, not a huge amount. I have a, a really, really good programs team who are international development experts. I'm not an international development expert, so when I go, I tend to go a, a bit like the Prime Minister or a member of the Royal Family. I thought it's a bit of a, you know, oh, people want to see me because I'm the National Director of England and Wales. Um, I don't add a great deal in terms of monitoring the evaluation of programmes. But what I have done is been able to spend time with the country leaders and with their teams uh, to input into their teams and actually see their teams grow. Yeah, and, and Peter, you, I mean, the public uh, talk about compassion fatigue, sometimes you read about it in the media. Uh, I, I mean, you've had five years of working. Did you, do you, has it been tough to, to keep uh, buoyant yourself in the, in the work? Um, not really, because we're so passionate about the cause you know, yeah. and we, we see the need. Uh, I think that if, if they're, the reason I'm moving on is not because I believe that the work that the you know the job is done here far from it um, uh, and I don't know whether you want to talk about what I'm about well to yes if you're I'm very, very happy to yeah. I didn't want to imp yeah. I didn't but, want to yeah. um, <laughs> ask ask questions that were uh, just you know needed to be discreet <laughs> or whatever but f feel free no, yes. that's fine so just let me respond to the compassion yes. fatigue uh, what what we have noticed is that our our supporter base we've got about 40,000 individual supporters each year who give to the mission some of those give once a year uh, some give by direct debit so they're giving every month and everything in between um, they are incredibly loyal uh, trying to, to acquire new donors is becoming very difficult for charities generally um, it's also becoming more of a challenge for us because people aren't aware of the disease so a lot of our work now is also about communicating the fact that leprosy still exists because you know I, I mentioned earlier and, and I'm sorry to say that I didn't realize it still exists until I started to look at applying for the position of national director um, so I don't think there's compassion fatigue in that uh, Christians aren't giving I think that Christian the Christian church and individual Christians are still incredibly generous. In fact, the most generous body of donors. Um, what is interesting is a number of secular charities have realized this, and they're now actually targeting the churches to give as well. I mean, I won't name names, but uh, I was talking to a couple of those uh, recently, and they said, well, you've got an advantage on us because you're talking to churches, and churches give. Uh, we're just starting up a church campaign. 
um, and they are they are not Christian missions. They're not Christian ch- Christian charities, but sure. they recognise that it is Christians who give uh, because they have people Christians have got generous hearts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're going on to do what? So what's happened is that um, the the, the, the Leprosy Mission of England and Wales is one of 32 countries in what's called the Global Fellowship of Leprosy Mission. And there, if you think of it as a bicycle wheel, uh, the Global Fellowship is the rim, then you've got 32 spokes, and there's a small hub of that uh, bicycle wheel, which is called Leprosy Mission International. It's a small secretariat office uh, that operates out of Brentford. And the new international director there has invited me to join his senior management team to help develop the capacity and confidence of some of the country leaders, particularly the resource-raising countries in continental Europe. Uh, Some of those are not performing well, um, and so I'll be going off and and working with him to actually try to help those countries to, to do the sorts of things that have happened in England and Wales, but clearly God will be speaking differently to those countries, so I'll help those national leaders to hear from God and to implement plans and strategies to increase their their income for people affected by leprosy. Wonderful. Well, time's defeated us, Peter, but it's been terrific to chat with you. The the, the Leprosy Mission uh, website uh, for people who want to find out a bit more? Yes, it's just leprosymission.org.uk. Lots of information there, and we would be delighted to hear from people. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to Leadership File. Uh, Do listen to Leadership File archives. Go to Premier's website. You can find On Demand, and you can go to the iTunes also uh, and uh, download all the former shows. Uh, I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.